Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. Take your Bibles out tonight and turn with me, if you will, to the Old Testament. And I'm going to have a brief message tonight that I hope will be helped to. It's from Isaiah chapter number 12. There's only six verses in this particular chapter. And I've titled this, What God Is and What We Should Do. What God Is and What We Should Do. I have found in my life that if I know what to do, it helps me to make the right decisions. Sometimes pastor will call me. He called me right before I walked to the building today. We got cut off. I was driving over, and he asked me to do a couple things. I said, what do you want me to say? And he told me. So I made a call to Dr. Gatch. I made a call to our D. Men about some things, and uh, he told me what I should do. And this chapter tells us what God is and what we should do. Uh, the question is, do we really know what God is? Look with me at the chapter. We're going to read the chapter, then pray that we get started here tonight. Isaiah 12, verse 1. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Singing the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Let's pray this evening. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the privilege of being here at Hassett once again. I thank you for Pastor's wife and for their friendship for many years now and others that we've come to know and certainly appreciate. I thank you for the good enrollment in the school this year. I thank you for the projects that are done. I'm certainly excited about the new building that's going to be done out front for the preschool and the atrium and all that's happening here. To see a church going forward, what a blessing, what an encouragement. Lord, we stop and pause right now at the end of your day, and we ask to hear from you. Lord, I acknowledge publicly that in this, as in all other things, I desire and need your help. We know the arm of flesh fails us, but your arm fails not. Lord, please help us tonight. Please teach us something, and please encourage us as we seek to draw a little bit closer to be the Christian you saved us to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As I traveled, I had the privilege of, in the last 12 months, of being in over 100 churches across our country. I have three simple goals. I want to honor the Lord. I don't want to do something that would bring dishonor to His name. Secondly, I want to encourage the pastor. By the way, can I say this? Pastors need encouragement. I hope you're encouraging your pastor. I texted my pastor this morning about 6.30. He said, I'm praying for the service today. And I know he wasn't even preaching. I know who was preaching, a friend of mine from 
Hal Hightower was preaching there. I said, I'm praying for the service. So I went on to the Lord. I want to encourage the pastor, and I want to edify the people. Can someone raise your hand and tell me what the word edify means? Anybody know what the word edify means? Yes, ma'am. Lift up, build up, make stronger, right? That's where the word edification comes from. So how do we edify the people? Can I say this? We get edified through the Word of God. The Word of God will help us. It'll strengthen us. That's why the psalmist David said, early will I seek thee. How do we seek the Lord? We spend time with Him. Jesus said He put His Word above His own name. Now, I believe in protecting the name of Jesus. I don't want to watch a TV program that takes the Lord's name in vain. I'm sorry. I, I just don't like that. And I just, it's not good. I was getting my hair cut at a place on Avenue I called, amazingly enough, the barbershop. And uh, you say, why were you there at that barbershop? I would think I was the only non-Hispanic in there. You say, what were you doing there? Because the haircuts were $10, praise God. And when you're a Baptist, you get a haircut every three weeks or so, you can run through some money that way. And I was in there, and I was getting my haircut, and there is soccer on the TV, Mexican music playing, and uh, I was getting my hair cut, and all of a sudden, the guy two seats over me just started taking the Lord's name in vain. It just was foul. It was vile. And finally, I had enough. I asked my barber, please stop. I didn't want to have any zigzag cuts on my head. I said, please stop. And I stood up on that little ledge. Now, I'm already 6'6 anyway. I'm wearing my white sheet. I stood up. I said, excuse me, sir. I said, I'm a Christian. Would you please stop talking about Jesus like that? And man, that place got so quiet. All you heard was But there's times I didn't stand up for Jesus. Even though the Bible says stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldier of the cross. His name is a wonderful name. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And it's just the same. You love the name of Jesus? And Jesus said he put his word above his own name. I've taught the book of Genesis over 60 times. It took me probably 10 years, at least 10 times, to figure out why God created us. Why are we here? I've got an answer for you, two things. God created man to walk with him, to talk with him, and to work for him. He came down every day in the cool of the day to walk and talk with him. Ever hear the song, he walks with me, he talks with me? And he tells me that I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He wants us to walk. Did you walk with him this morning? Now, I know you heard Brother Crawford preach. Praise God. That's a good thing. But did you take time to walk and talk with him? And secondly, God put Adam and Eve in the garden to work for him. They were there to keep the garden. By the way, this is before there was any sin. He wanted them to keep the garden. There's work to do. Have you ever heard this song? Work for the night is coming. Night cometh when no man can work. It's a verse. That's where that comes from. Did you do any work for Jesus last week? Did you work for him? The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. I have to tell people, they say, well, what would Jesus do? I'm going to tell you what he'd do. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came to give. He came to forgive, and he went about doing good. He went about doing good. I had to do better at that. We stopped today at college students' favorite specialty store. It's called Walmart. My wife likes it because that's where we get our trash bags from for the van. 
and I bought a couple of cases of water. And uh, I gave out, I think, two tracks walking through the parking lot. But I could do better. Are we working for him? Because everybody ought to know who Jesus is. So, what God is, look if you will, number one, in verse two, God is my salvation. He's my salvation. Aren't you glad you're saved tonight? Can I have an amen for that? I'm glad I'm saved. I'm so glad I know where I'm going someday. Uh, Susan, stand up right here if you will. This is my wife. We've recently celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. I'm so glad that I married her. I'm so glad she finally said yes. I had to chase her like a wild man. I finally got her to say yes. And I'm grateful for her. But can I say this? Eternity is a long time. I don't know how long we'll stay married. I, I prayed for 50 years of ministry, 50 years of marriage. I've been in ministry 43 years, seven more years. And my wife said to me one time, Pastor, she said, what are you going to do after 50 years? I said, we'll keep going. Her parents have been married for 73 years. They're 92 and 93 years of age. I'd love to be married to her for 60 years. I don't know if she could handle it that long. That'd be great. You know what? Salvation lasts forever. Amen. It lasts forever. Eternity. Eternity. We see, first of all, what God is. He's my salvation. By the way, because he's my salvation, the Bible says this. I love this. I will trust and not be afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. My salvation has been paid for. And no man takes him out of my father's hand. That encourages me, my friend. Our eternity is secure. So what God is, number one, he's our salvation. <laughs> Secondly, he's my strength. He's my strength. The arm of flesh will fail you, but his arm fails not. That's why we're leaning on the everlasting arm. He's my strength. My mom was dying, and I was working at Crown College at the time, and my dad said, if you want to see your mom, you need to come home right away. And I asked Dr. Sex, he said, of course, and drove to Nashville and flew to California, and someone picked me up, and I got to my home, and my mom was lying there in hospice in our family room on morphine. I talked to her about an hour or two that night. I'm so glad I did, because she went into a coma that night. It's the last time I ever talked to her. That was a Thursday, I believe, and as Friday went on. She was getting weaker and weaker. If you've ever dealt with someone who's a cancer patient, the body begins to pull the blood into the vital organs. The extremities, her hands were cold, her arms were cold. Saturday came, her breaths were farther and farther apart. The critical care nurse who was there helping our family member of our church said, it's going to be tonight or tomorrow. And my dad said, son, I believe my place is by your mom, and I want you to plan on preaching tomorrow. I said, yes, sir. And next morning, she was still alive, but barely. And I remember getting in my car and driving down two doors to Delmonico, taking a left up Fairlone, did up to Arthredia, then a right on Fairlone, went down. I began to teach the auditorium Sunday school class, and as I closed the prayer about 9.45 or so, there was a flurry at the back. I knew what had happened. My mom had slipped through the gates of heaven into eternity. I rushed out of the car. We lived just a mile away, drove back up Fairlone, left up Arthedia, right at Delmonico. The rest of my family was there. They covered my mom in the sheet. They were singing Amazing Grace. That was a blessing. And then my dad said, son, you need to go preach the morning service now. I remember getting back in the car, going two doors down Delmonico, left on Parthenia, right up Fairlone. I could see the church in the distance. I said, Lord, I said, I really need you today. 
It was like the Holy Spirit said to me, buddy, you always need me. But I vowed at that time, 29 years ago, never to walk into a pulpit or a podium without asking God to help me. God is my strength. He's my salvation. He's my strength. And he'll never let you down. So what God is, our salvation, our strength is one more thing. He's our song. He's our song. Aren't you glad that he gives us, in the words of the psalmist, songs in the night? He's our song. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. I like the doxology. I liked every song you sang tonight. I don't know who picked them out, preacher. I liked every song. They had doctrine to them. It's not that way in every church I go to. Those are good songs. They strengthen you. They help you. They're a blessing. But God is my song. By the way, do people see the song of God in your heart? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Praise Him, praise Him. Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. We've got something to sing about. I haven't seen all the scores from today. I checked, I was curious. I've kind of followed Tom Brady's career. Tampa Bay won again in the last minute. Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl last February, I guess it was. Would you like to know what the angels in heaven did? <sighs> but someday we're going to sing hallelujah to the Lamb. That's something we're singing about. So what God is, very simply, He's our salvation. He's our strength, and he's our song. So that's what he is, but what should we do because of that? <laughs> it's interesting, the bridge verse of this chapter is verse 4. It says, therefore, with joy. I hope you're a joyful Christian. Yeah. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Preacher, I don't know who you've ever had in your church, but I had a man in my Sunday school class who I, I'd wave to him, because I didn't want to get real close, because you'd start complaining. Always complaining. But God's Word says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You've got a lot of men in your staff who, every time I see them, they encourage me. Your music director, your principal. I mean, they're just, they have encouraging spirits. Thank God for that. By the way, friends, that's the way it ought to be. Your pastor's hired some good people. And that's the way we ought to be. When it says rejoice the Lord always, that's not just for church staff members. That's for all Christians. That was written to the church at Philippi. The theme of the book is joy. There is joy, joy, joy in serving Jesus. Do people see joy in our life? So that's the bridge, but the, what should we do? Look down, if you will, in verse 4. And in that day shall you say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings. Let's talk about Jesus. Can I ask you a tough question tonight? Do your neighbors know who your Jesus is? Do your coworkers know who your Jesus is? Do they know? You say, Dr. R., you don't know my neighbors. You don't know my neighbors. I have two lesbians who live next door to me. But they know who my Jesus is. My wife's baked things for them several times. We've invited them to church on big days of Christmas. They've never come. They say, you don't want our kind. 
No, we want them to come. We just don't want them to say they're kind. But I don't want to see them at the great white throne judgment being cast into hell, looking at me and saying, you never talked to me. The Bible says, declare his doings among the people. How many times did you reach in your pocket this week and take out a gospel track and say, hey, I've got some good news for you. This will tell you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Gave one to the waitress at lunch today. She saved. Gave one to someone in the parking lot at Walmart today, one inside Walmart. There's only three for the day. I should do better. Can I tell you a great, profound thought? Would you like to know who the people are who give out tracts? You ready for this now? People who carry them. People who carry them. I'm not going to ask you this. I ask the students. How many of you have tracks on you right now? We've got them in the door to our van. We've got a whole bunch of them in the console of the van. I want to give out a certain amount every day with all of us here. We stop at a gas station. We put the gas in the gas tank. You know what I did today? I stood there like an idiot moaning the money going to the gas tank. By the way, I filled up today for $2.79 a gallon. I filled up in Lancaster two days ago for $4.79 a gallon. Thank God for Texas. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> if I wasn't called where I'm at, I'd move here. All right. But we sit there and watch the gas pump. Why don't we go get five tracks out? Watching it will not change the amount we spend. I think maybe if we walked around and hand out some tracks, maybe that would be redeeming the time. There's a man I know well. I preached for him several times at the Fairfax Baptist Temple, Dr. Bud Calvert. Do you know how he got saved? Unsaved paratrooper on his way home, hitchhiking home from the military. Someone left a track in a gas station on the tank of the commode. He picked it up, took it with him, read it multiple times, trusted Christ as a Savior. Went off to Bible college, graduated, started that church that at one time, Pastor, was supporting 500 missionaries at $100 a month. Because someone just, that person who left that track, they don't even know. When they get to heaven, they're going to be really glad they left that track. I think all of us could leave a track on the top of the commode in the gas station. It's not that hard. We see that we're going to declare his doings. Secondly, verse 5, we're to sing to the Lord. Sing to him. Sing to him. I've enjoyed these songs. Today is the first day I've heard this group. Now, many of them have traveled with me before. We put all these guys have been on two groups before. They've been practicing twice a week since September. I always ask it, you're practicing, you're practicing. I don't want to walk in and depend on talent. Uh, I want them to work at it. But it's been a blessing to me today. By the way, maybe you can't sing. Anyone here singing is not your gift? Anyone like that? It's not my gift. I, your song leader now, I said, man, I wish I could sing like that. It's not the gift. The only thing that encourages me is that Jim Shetler and Don Sis sound worse than I do. That's the only thing I can say. I mean, we could make like the worst trio in the history of mankind. But it does say make a joyful noise. My wife sings, all my kids sing. They've made CDs. All three of them sung solos at Lancaster, sung in musicals and all that kind of stuff. Even at leadership, we're trying to pack out the choir. I take up one and a half spaces. They don't want me. There's a reason for that. But I can make a joyful noise. Sometimes when I do that, my kids will start laughing at me. That's hurtful. Don't do that, kids. Don't laugh at your parents. The Bible is a signal of the Lord. Why? Because he's done excellent things. 
excellent things. How excellent was it that he died to pay for our sins? How excellent is it that he went to prepare a place for us that where he is there, we may go also? If you're walking today, that's excellent. If you can see today, that's excellent. By the way, if you can't, be a Fanny Crosby. One of the most encouraging Christians I know ate in my house two weeks ago today. He has muscular dystrophy. My wife would have gone down to his apartment. He's a, he's a doctor in Beverly Hills. All he could do now is hair transplants because only his fine motor, he, he can't lift five pounds of weight. And I've never heard him complain. Never heard him complain. Hmm. He's glad he's saved. He's Chinese, Dr. Chow. He's the only one in his family who's saved. He's so thankful. I'm so thankful somebody gave my dad a gospel tract. The first person in his family ever to be saved. The Bible says it here. He's done excellent things. So we're to praise him. We're to sing to him. And we're to testify. Cry out and shout. Thou inhabitant of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. You like the song, How Great Thou Art? I know it's 56 years old now. But how great thou art. What if we went out this week and people knew that he was a great God? That he was a wonderful God? I think that might make a difference in somebody's life. Let's tell him what Jesus did for us. That's what Paul did. He said, let me tell you what happened on the road to Damascus. And so many people, the greatest missionary church planner who ever lived, because he liked to talk about Jesus. So as we go out this week, let's remember what God is. <laughs> He's my salvation. He's my strength. He's my song. And let's remember what we should do. We should praise Him. We should sing it to Him. And we should testify to Him. Let's pray tonight. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being here in Hazlitt once again. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to take these simple truths and not just to be a listener of these words, but to be a doer. Lord, please help me to do more than give out three tracks of a day. To seek to be soul conscious, not knowing who might read that a week, two weeks, three weeks later and get saved. With their heads bowed and eyes closed, have me here tonight and say, Dr. R, I know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. I know that for sure. If you could say that, would you raise your hand? Great sea of hands. That's as I expected. Let me ask you this. Is there anyone here tonight who says, I'm not positive I'm on my way to heaven? Would you please pray for me? Anyone like that at all? Anybody? That's really as I expected on a Sunday night. Let me ask you this. How many here tonight would say, you know what? I learned something about what God is. And I'm going to try to do what we should do this week. I'm going to try to enact those things, to practice those things in this coming week with the Lord's help. If you'd say that tonight, would you raise your hand? Many hands today. Lord, you've seen these hands. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.